Welcome to the Be Electric Podcast, the show highlighting organizations and nonprofits doing good right here in West Michigan. Hello, everyone. My name is Gare Vierink. I'm the marketing director here at Vice Electric, and today you're listening to the Be Electric Podcast with Marge. Marge, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Marge Palmer Lee is from Degage Ministries, located here in Grand Rapids, and she's decided to join us today to tell us a little bit more. So uh, Marge, tell us about Degage. Oh, certainly. Well, usually the first question I get is, what does Degage mean? Okay. And, you know, it's a French verb that means to relax and be at ease. Okay. And uh, Degage was started by Calvin College students uh, back in 1967. So oh, we wow. had our uh, 50th anniversary a couple years ago. And that small coffee house that was started has grown to be a ministry that's open 24-7, 365 days a year, and uh, is making a huge impact in our community. That's awesome. So, Marge, tell me a little bit about where you're located. Certainly. We are at 144 South Division, right in the heart of the Heartside neighborhood, okay. uh, between uh, Fulton Street and Wealthy Street. And uh, we see four to 500 people every day, and sometimes wow. those numbers are staggering. Okay. But uh, there are people who may live underneath a bridge or in abandoned buildings in town. They may live in a tent down by the river. Uh, a lot of the people live or stay overnight in the rescue missions, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, come to Dagesha during the day. Others live in low-income housing in the neighborhood. Okay. So lots of different people who come through our doors. So what does Degage do for these people exactly? Certainly. Well, you know, we are the community center in the Heartside neighborhood. Okay. It's where people start their day. We open at 7 in the morning, and we are standing room only. So okay. when <laughs> it is a cold morning, people come in and appreciate a hot cup of coffee and, sure. and a place to belong. Oftentimes, the people we serve are marginalized, and okay. when you meet them on the sidewalk, you may look the other way sure. and feel a little awkward. When they are at Degage, it is a place to belong and we all need that so our mission is to reflect the love of christ to all who come through our doors by building relationships and offering programs that foster dignity and respect so so that could be a conversation like you and i are having over a cup of coffee and uh, a warm meal so Mm. most of our services have a small fee attached like a quarter for a cup of coffee two dollars for a substantial meal two dollars to do their laundry two dollars to get a haircut but uh, then we have 60 jobs a day that the neighborhood folks do. Okay. They're the ones who sweep them off the floor, take out the trash, scrub the grill, and then they earn a $2 voucher that's good okay. for anything in our center. Okay. And it really changes those dynamics. And then they're the customer and we're providing the service versus the other way around right. and them being that perpetual charity case. So right. we hear over and over how much they appreciate having that opportunity to do that job. Okay. Yeah. So that's so four to five hundred people a day. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yes. Um, how, so, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, you know, they're coming for various services. Last okay. year we served over 60,000 meals in our dining room, but then we also have uh, help with jobs and housing, medical copay. Last year we gave out over 10,000 bus tickets to get to doctor's appointments or okay. uh, job interviews or to get to a job for the first couple of weeks till they get their paycheck. We also help get their 
your state of Michigan ID. You need that to get a job or housing or anything. So it's those basic services. We also have showers and laundromat, hair salon. We have a mailing address for over 400 people. So you're sleeping on your friend's couch and you go to apply for a job. You you need need to have an address. And it's important that they can use our address for that. So, and then we also have overnight shelter for up to 45 women every night. So oh, okay, great. Women in our community in crisis come to us, and we have patron advocates who walk alongside them. And, okay. And oftentimes when you're surviving day-to-day and struggling with, with life events, you need someone to help. Uh, give you that guidance mm-hmm. and help you set those goals and give you the assurance that, that we can do this. We're doing sure. it together. Okay. So... Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell oh. me a little bit about your role because, you know, the the organization's been around here for 50 years. Yes, yes. You know, and it started, did it start at that location? It did not, no. Okay. It started in the basement of Salvation Army building okay. and then moved to South Division okay. above the old Zondervan building. And then, you know, so we've had several moves. We've okay. been at this building about um, 28 years. So a while. Yes, a long time, yes. So what's your role with Degage? Certainly, I'm executive director, and I have been there 22 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And volunteered for a number of years before that. So it's a ministry that I feel passionately about. Yes. No, that's that's incredible. So 22 years. Yes. How has Degage transformed in those past 22 years? (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. You know, and I tell the story. When I started, there were four employees, and now we have... 52. So, oh, wow. it, yeah. So, so it's grown from that small, just coffee house environment to we added then those services I was mentioning with the resource offices. Mm-hmm. Originally, we'd hear from people, oh, I need an apartment. I need this. I need that. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could help with more than just a cup of coffee? Mm. So, so then we expanded there and then we continued to hear from women that, that they had no place to go and they were sleeping outside. And mm-hmm. So we did a lot of research and decided to open up our facility for women in need. So so just having evolved over the years to say, what are the needs? Mm -hmm. And it's a very grassroots, you know, it's not a bunch of people sitting in a boardroom saying, this is what we need to do. It's listening to the people. It's having those focus groups. When we were going to open the Life Enrichment Center, we said to the people, what's missing in your life? And, you know, there used to be showers in the neighborhood and then they closed. So we mm. put in showers and, you know, the same thing with a hair salon. People yeah. are saying, you know, I can't afford even a cheap haircut at, you know, some of the salons in right. town. This way they can do a job, earn the voucher and get a haircut, do their laundry, take a shower and, and go about their day. That's great. Yeah. So what's that resource process look like? You know, is it, I'm assuming it's very accessible and very accessible and that's a good way to put it you know a lot of word of mouth on the street um people tell people right and uh, but we also get a lot of referrals from other agencies we work closely with all the other agencies okay. not only in the Heartside neighborhood but in the community yeah. and uh, we have funds in our budget but we try to say who else in the community can meet this need and if there aren't then we step in mm-hmm. you know it's all about you know saying what 
what is your individual need? It's not, sure. okay, we do these three things. It's right. what do you need and how can we help you achieve your goals? What uh, what other organizations do you guys partner with? Oh, certainly. With? Yeah, Mel Trotter and Guiding Light, Heartside Ministry, okay. Family Promise, okay. you know, the Salvation Army, uh, Community Rebuilders, you know. You little, name it. Yeah, you name it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So right now, over the past 22 years since you've been there, you've taken Degage from four people to 52 people (laughs) along, you know, with people volunteering and and helping out and and the needs still being present. Um, What's been challenging? Well, you know, particularly now what is challenging is the housing crisis. Okay. You know, we see people who are so excited to get their Section 8 subsidized housing voucher, and then they can find nobody to rent to them. Right. You know, the latest statistics from the Coalition to End Homelessness show that homelessness in our community has gone up 85% just since 2015. So it's astounding to think of the number of people who are struggling in our community. Last year, over 10,500 people touched the homeless system in our community. And and so... the numbers are growing and and the needs are are great and um we had a woman come to us last year she the courts sent her to us a young mom with a three-week-old baby she was sleeping outside and and we took her in got her fed gave her uh and the baby clothes and and resources and and then we started calling around because we don't currently do housing for women and children we just have housing for single women and there was nobody in town mm. that had opening for her right. and that's why she was sleeping outside and how tragic so we called some of our donors and and uh, they came alongside us gave us funds to put her in a hotel so we could get her into stable housing oh, but but just thinking of yeah the court center but you know Matthew 25 says I was a stranger and you invited me on I was hungry and you fed me I needed clothes and you clothed me and that's what we do at we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And, you know, when there is a crisis, we want to be those who walk alongside and say we are here, you know, reflecting the love of Christ. Mm. No, that's that's incredible. You know, it's from from something that is is a challenge. Yeah. You're taking it one step at a time. Okay. So with that influx of homelessness, have you guys seen your numbers rise? We have. All of our programs are over capacity. Okay. Yeah. And and so that kind of leads into the into the next thing I'd yeah. love, love to talk about is we're in the midst of a the silent phase okay. <laughs> of our capital campaign. And okay. we are uh, doing a six million dollar capital campaign to expand. Okay. We bought the property behind us. We're going yeah. to take down the old carriage house and it's no longer uh, safe and build a new three story building in there. Okay. And that's going to allow us to expand practically double our women's center and uh, we're going to then have women and children okay and so we're excited to have that and and we're also going to have sleeping quarters for women who work third shift okay oftentimes a woman is able to get a job down at the Benandal arena and works till middle of the night cleaning up after some concert and then is only able to get a couple hours sleep and that's not sustainable so so we'll be able to have that we're also going to have a day respite center okay we're working with St. Mary's Hospital and oh, we're told that oftentimes someone who is experiencing homelessness has a surgery delayed because the doctor doesn't want to do a surgery if 
someone cannot properly recuperate. Sure. So we will have a respite center where some where a doctor can call reserve a bed in our women's center. Okay. You know, they'll have a safe place to then sleep at night and then rest during the day. That's a good that's so really so awesome. we've been very intentional about saying, okay, what are needs in our community sure. and how can we as an organization step in? We're also going to have conference rooms where we'll have classes for, you know, resume building and interview skills and okay. and financial management and budgeting and those sort of things. So we're excited about giving people tools mm. to move forward. And oftentimes those are things we take for granted. Yeah. And when I, you know, we had, had one individual, a couple that met at Dagage and got married and they came to me and said, is there somebody that can mentor us? Because neither one of them had ever sat down as a family to have a meal. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think something as basic as just figuring out how to get a meal on the table and eat together as a family. Right. They didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And there are so many things that, that we just take for granted. Yeah. And if we can come alongside them and say, here, we want to give you those tools to be successful. And that's what our capital campaign is about. Is can you imagine a um, future filled with hope? You know, because oftentimes people become hopeless when mm. day after day they don't see progress. Right. And we want to give people that hope that tomorrow can be better and that yeah. together we can build that future. So tell me a little bit more about the uh, the time frame of your, of your campaign. Yes, yes. Well, uh, we are... Uh, planning to start construction the spring of 2020. So, okay. yes, we will be bringing down that carriage house. And okay. so we are starting. We are at uh, 4.5 million raised currently. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, so we are moving forward and we're excited. So that'll be the first phase. Then there's a front portion of that building that we're going to renovate for a dining room. So we're moving our current dining room off of Division and Cherry around to the other side of that, oh, that yeah. building to that help alleviate some of that congestion on division Mm -hmm. and um we'll have a green space in front as it is now people walk right out of our building onto division and it's (laughs) gonna be a safety issue and and, uh this will just be much more dignified for the people we serve so so yeah we are uh, hoping uh, to start uh that renovation real soon okay so if people are listening or watching and they feel called to, yes. to donate financially where can they do that well they can certainly call Degage and ask for either me or Brooke our development director or okay. go to our website you can okay. donate online but okay. we'd love to sit down and show people the plan for the future and how we feel God is leading us to okay. uh, continue to step into those needs and, yeah. and walk alongside people well, that's that's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So we'll, we'll put all that information down here on the screen Good. so they can call or, or go online. Uh, in addition to, you know, financial needs, yes. are there other needs that, you know, yes. four to 500 people a day, yes. there must be something oh, that there are. people can and, help. And we have our wish list on our website. Okay. And But volunteering, we have over 1,200 volunteers, and we always need volunteers. Wow. So okay. it takes 30 volunteers a day to run our facility. We have a great staff, but uh, we also depend heavily on volunteers. Okay. And so we have Trevor, our volunteer coordinator, who would love to plug people in, however, their time allows. Sure. Some people volunteer weekly, some monthly, some 
come down and pour coffee in the morning. Some come down and flip burgers at night. So okay. lots of different ways to be involved. But um, fundraisers, a lot of times people like to do product drives at their church or school. Okay. You know, coming into summer, we need sunscreen and hats and lots of other items. And seasonally, we, we update our wish list. And okay. uh, umbrellas and raincoats when it's uh, a rain out is, right. always, is always needed. So lots of ways, you know, we serve thousands of cups of coffee we're always in need of coffee for our dining room so okay. lots of ways that people can uh can come alongside us okay well yeah we'll we'll put a link to that as well <laughs> thank you um as you as you think about expanding and so you know if, if the housing crisis is causing yeah. additional homelessness yes your numbers are rising yes and your location is expanding yes um you know it seems like that's a good next step you know, as you start thinking, is there a way that we're equipping these individuals to so that they don't need to come back every day exactly. or, yes. um, you know, if they do have a, a job or if they do yes. have this, what is that? What does that next step look like? Well, for the women in the open door last year, we celebrated with 79 women who moved into their own permanent housing. And that's okay. a huge step, wow. you know, and we give everyone a welcome basket so that because obviously by the time they get to us, they've lost everything. Right. And and to think of starting over. So uh, we give them a big basket with sheets and towels and cleaning supplies and, and plates and dishes and that sort of thing to help okay. get them set up. So that's always a wonderful way for people to bless someone moving into an apartment. But yeah, that next step means something different for everyone. You know, sometimes it's getting training and, and we'll help them get training for a job and, mm -hmm. and walking alongside them, applying for jobs, applying for housing. You know, sometimes it's as simple as someone may not be able to read well and going along with them or okay. helping sitting with them when they fill out an application online. Okay. You know, we have computers and phones available. You know, a lot of people have, have cell phones, but limited number of minutes. So Sure. They can use our phones and sit on hold using our minutes versus theirs. <laughs> right. so, so it's different for everyone, and, and we want to individualize that care. Okay. What does it mean for you to be successful? Because sure. everyone has different goals. So it seems like you really walk alongside yes. each individual person. Exactly. So, Marge, do you have, you know, you know, you don't have to necessarily use names or anything, but do you have a story of, mm. of someone that, you know, maybe stands out or maybe an instance in which, wow, that, you know, we had, you know, they came in for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but hey, now they have their own place and yeah. hey, now they're doing really well. Well, and, and it's about relationships. Okay. And, you know, you say a couple of weeks, usually it's much longer than okay. that. And I'm thinking right now of Sarah. You know, she's been coming to Degaget for 14 years. Okay. And she has had ups and downs. And um, when she was 20, she went through some very traumatic life events. Her father passed away and several other things in rapid succession happened in her life. And she spiraled down and got involved in drugs and, and ended up in jail and and, and we've been walking alongside her and through the ups and downs. And mm -hmm. oftentimes I hear from people, you're the only family I have. You know, and we often think of ourselves as their extended family. Sure. And, and we all have individuals in our life that that kind of struggle. You know, and, and a lot of times mental illness strikes 
all levels of society. Yes. You know, and, and I often hear from people, I have a brother, I have a son, I have a daughter who, who is struggling with mental illness. And mm-hmm. that, you know, precludes some, some um, a, a different pathway than maybe you or I took. Right. So, but thinking of Sarah, you know, we, we walked alongside her when she was in jail and when she came back to the open door and then she got an apartment and then some other things happened. And so it, it's usually not just this trajectory it's usually a messy, a messy mm-hmm. road, yeah, and walking alongside people and knowing that they can come back because we don't judge. Right? You know, we're all broken. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us are perfect and have it all together. Right. And I love the definition of Christianity: one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. Right? You know, and some days I show Sarah where to find bread, and some days she shows me where mm-hmm. to find bread. But yeah. it, it's not that us and them; it's just us. We're just walking that right. journey, and and I think. Sarah, how far she has come, and how her life has really been transformed, and and she's now stably housed, and and comes back and volunteers, and mm. is part of the life of the ministry right. because we were there for her, and now is is a part of her life that she wants to give back. Yeah, well, life is a uh, is definitely not a straight path. Exactly. You know, we we love to to think of it as everything should be a straight line, yes, and yes, and it's not. And you know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? Yes. Exactly. I have plans not to, to harm you, but for yes. for you to prosper. Yes. And I think you're allowing those individuals to, to do that. Yes. Yes. Um, so, Marge, tell me a little bit. You have your capital campaign going on. Um, so that people can help donate financially. But you also have a couple events in the pipeline. We do. On April 17, we have a wonderful event called Open Door, Open Hearts. And it's a women's event. And um, it's it's for women supporting women. So coming together, it's at Meyer Gardens, information about it on our website. But come together and hear stories from the women. Okay. And hear stories from volunteers and people who've been impacted by the journey of walking alongside people. And, okay. and so it's a great night to just support women in need in our community. We also have uh, a group called Women for Degage. It's women in our community who come together purposely to support the women that we serve. Okay. And, and there too, that can be as simple as bringing in some personal care products and know that that's going to be used in our open doors center or putting together those welcome baskets I talked about or doing product drives or financially supporting, um, the ministry. So, so lots of ways to be involved and partner with us. All right. So as you, um, as we're approaching more, you know, we're in your April event and we're moving into summer. Yes. Do you see that your numbers tend to drop because of the warmer weathers or like, uh, does it pretty does it stay pretty stable well and that's an interesting question because most people think the numbers would go down in the summer and the opposite is true really yeah numbers go up in the summer because usually during the winter time people say oh you can sleep on my couch you know we'll give you a place to stay during the winter time but summertime comes and kids are out of school and they don't have room to accommodate all Mm. the activity and they say okay now it's nice weather you got to find a place you know and oh, so, okay. you know, 
know, our numbers really do go up in the summertime. That's interesting. And it appears that we're busier in the wintertime because we know we don't want to be outside when it's 10 degrees. (laughs) So people will come and they'll stay longer. Whereas in the summertime, you know, we may see more people, but they'll come in for that cup of coffee and a meal and leave. And we know summer in Michigan can be a beautiful time. So they're out and about. Are there any other misconceptions that Mm. you face, you know, because for me, even just learning that, you know, that's, that's an easy one to to now know, but are there other misconceptions? Well, certainly. And a lot of times people think, well, why don't they just get a job? Mm. And, And most of the folks either want a job or have a job. You know, they will come in and get breakfast and then go to their job, Mm. you know, and a lot of people are the working poor, you know, they may be um, homeless and just close to getting enough money saved for that first month's rent and security deposit. You know, you consider that can be a substantial barrier Mm -hmm. to raising, to being able to save that kind of money. So, so there are a lot of people who are working who are homeless And, Mm. and another misconception is that people are not grateful. I mean, mm. every day I come into work and, and I'll say to someone, oh, how are you today? And the number one response I get is blessed. And mm. I get thanked every day for the services that we offer and that unconditional love. Mm. Oftentimes I hear from people, it's the first time I haven't felt judged. Mm. You know, and, and that's an important concept for how you view yourself. There's oftentimes shame and guilt associated. And if we can say, you know, we love you and we want you to thrive, mm-hmm. that has a whole different message of, you know, you failed and you got to pay the consequences. Right. So yeah. so there is deep gratitude. There's a desire to, to move forward. Okay. You know, and, and I think there's a big misconception. People don't realize how many people who are homeless struggle with mental illness mm. and and oftentimes with the cuts in the mental health in our community yep. it has caused deep cuts to the people we serve who okay. need it the most and and so sometimes they will self-medicate and mm-hmm. you know that causes other problems right. so it's it's never just one problem Yep. You know, you see somebody on a street corner holding that sign and you think, well, why don't they just get a job? Well, there's usually 16 other things. Yep. So so we always recommend, you know, we have those vouchers that the patrons are and we make them available to the community to buy. So mm. if you're walking down the street, we all want to be compassionate and kind. Right. But if you see someone, you tend to kind of look the other way and say, oh, I hope they don't ask me for <laughs> money, you know. Whereas if you have one of our vouchers, you can say, Garrett, well, you don't usually know their name, but... <laughs> But here, enjoy a cup of coffee. Sure. Go into Degashay and have a meal. And, yeah. you know, over 8,000 of those vouchers from the community were turned in last year. Okay. So the patrons value that and appreciate that. Okay. So, and, and Robert Lupton is an author that I just admire yeah. so much. He wrote Toxic Charity. Yep. And in his book, he said, if you don't have the opportunity or the time to make a relationship with someone, give your funds to an agency that does. Exactly. And so by giving that voucher, it allows someone to come into our center and we can get to know them by name and we can say how else can we help you because we know two dollars on a street corner is not going to make much of an impact versus coming in and saying we want to minister to you holistically yeah now Stuart ray gave me that book oh yeah so it's a it's a good read if if anyone's listening wants a a good book to read um no marge this is extremely helpful because you know there's a lot of things that 
like you said, that are those misconceptions yes. or are those uncomfortable moments yes. on a, a street corner. And, yes. And yet it's just, it's not black and white. Exactly. It's, you know, there's a lot of gray area. And, yes. and I believe that as Christians, we're called to, you know, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Yeah. And so I think that that's what Degage is doing. Yes. And it's it's amazing to to hear that and, and all the good things that are happening. Wow. You're expanding. Yes. Um, you know, events coming up to support yes. women in the community. Yes. Um, congratulations. Thank I'm you. really I'm really happy for you oh, and, and for the ministry. Um, as we as we wrap the the Be Electric podcast, this is the time where where we open the floor to you. Oh, sure. So, Marge, if you have something that you want to say to our listeners or oh, our audience, certainly. or certainly. or share something that's on your heart right now, oh, so, uh, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, and I just want to say thank you. Yeah. We live in an amazing community that is very generous. We have a two million dollar budget and. And that comes from churches, individuals, businesses, foundations. We couldn't do what we do without the support of the community. Mm. And, and the people who volunteer are amazing volunteers who take that very, very seriously. And, and I also want to say thank you to the staff. They mm. come in day after day and, and give their all. Mm. You know, and we have an amazing staff that is kind and compassionate and and uh, reflects the love of Christ each and every day in difficult yeah. situations. And so thank you to the community for allowing us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And um, and we don't do this work alone. Yeah. You know, and thank you for allowing us to tell our story. Of course. Yeah. No, thank you, Marge, for coming on yeah, today. Thank you. Does your organization help others here in Michigan? We would love to hear from you. Let's chat about how Beist Electric can help highlight your story and the good you're doing. Contact us by visiting www.beistelectric.com backslash podcast. Subscribe and rate your listening experience so we can continue sharing the good work of organizations and nonprofits. You can find this podcast on all major streaming platforms and on our website. Thanks for listening and join us next time on the Be Electric podcast. In everything, be electric.